It's time to check in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living. We take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. The Concierge for Better Living will help informed, intrigued, and interested listeners like you make better choices for yourselves and your loved ones. CannabisRadio.com proudly presents The Concierge for Better Living with your host, Doc Rob. Hello and good day. This is Doc Rob, Dr. Rob Streisfeld, your concierge to better living here at CannabisRadio.com and iHeartRadio and many other platforms. Here to bring you another great episode of Concierge for Better Living where we dive into cannabis, but mostly on the health benefits, uh, not only for the individual, but also the health benefits to the planet. This is a plant. There's Hemp has all these benefits for CO2 sequestering. So there's a lot of good stuff we talk about, but of course, those tuning in for the first time, go back and check out the archives. We had a lot of great interviews from over the last years, and those that have tuned in before, thank you for coming back. Don't forget, reach out, uh, Doc Rob at Twitter and on my social media pages or just at Concierge for Better Living. We have a Facebook page. If you have any questions, you have any comments, please, that's what we're here for. We're here to educate. We're here to empower and, of course, engage with you, uh, what I call the hip consumer, the health-inspired person. We want people to learn more. And you know, every day, more and more consumers are waking up to cannabis I don't mean waking bakes. I mean waking up to the potential that cannabis has to make them feel better, the place it has in society, the benefits medically, or even what I like to say, you know, not recreational, but on a lifestyle manner. And, um, you know, people are getting more and more into this plan or accepting to this plan. We see this now with even uh, presidential candidates touting as legalization of cannabis as one of their top priorities. Um, of course, there's interactions there with civil justice and uh, criminal reform and, and all these different things. So we have to kind of address this from a big macro scale. And while the, we talk about the federal government, you know, farm bill passing, legalizing industrial hemp, and the federal government looking at different ways to change banking, the states still have their claim. And I want to bring that up because while everyone's excited that CBD is getting everywhere, and I had to say in everything from beer to ice cream to cookies to you name it, skincare to edibles to dog pet products, CBD is being put into everything and anything possible. And while I believe that CBD has good benefits, uh, news like states in Maine, New York, California, Idaho, more and more are saying that CBD is still not legal to be sold. CBD should only be sold through medical marijuana dispensaries, through licensed operators. And also, CBD is not legal to be infused into beverages and foods. Specifically, New York came out with that recently. And that's, you know, a double-edged sword. People have mixed emotions about that. They want to hear, well, it's safe. It makes you feel good. But do we really know what taking CBD in 15 products in one day or CBD with beer and alcohol on a party night, what does that really do? Willie Nelson just came out with CBD coffee. I like the idea of the balancing the caffeine and the, and the calming nature of CBD, but what are the long-term effects on the health of the individual or the liver? We have yet to determine that. So the doctor in me says, look, be open-minded, try it out, know your source, know the quality of the products that you're using, but use some caution. You know, too much of anything can be detrimental. Too much water and you'll drown. Too much of anything can be harmful. So everything in moderation, find your balance, keep 
educating yourselves. And we'll keep addressing that more and more as this unfolds. But today, I'm very excited to have our guest. We're going to talk a little different angle than CBD specifically or consuming products. We're going to talk about the environment. And we're going to talk about the impact of cannabis production. And today, I'm really happy to have my guest, Quentin Vite from Easy Roots, calling in and joining us today. Great to have you on the show, Quentin. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dr. Rob. Happy to be here. Thank you for coming on. And, you know, people, I didn't mention, you know, I wrote that book or I have that book out, The Cannabis Conundrum, and every chapter is written by a different individual providing a different perspective. And I really wanted to mention that I had that chapter on sustainability in there for a reason because I think it's a very important topic. It's a topic that you and I, Quinn, are going to talk about today based on you know, what is your company? What do you do in the space? There's so many different ways to be involved. You can be a distributor, you can be a grower, you can be uh, a bud tender, you can own a dispensary. What is it that you do and what is Easy Roots? Give us a little background if you don't mind. Sure. So I think we could be defined in a number of different ways. The way that we like to define ourselves is as being a solution provider. So we have a team of engineers who work towards solving some of the biggest problems facing the cannabis cultivation industry. Unlike what many out there predicted a lot of the biggest problems to be around uh, child use or inebriated driving, uh, which sure are still concerns, uh, the biggest problem, as you've alluded to, has been the sustainability issue and the power-intensive nature of indoor cultivation, which is further complicated by the fact that cannabis is a very climate-sensitive crop that can't be grown in very temperate regions of the country. For example, you can't just grow a whole bunch of cannabis in Florida and California and then ship it across the country. There's no interstate commerce. So the gray market aspect of cannabis legalization has put the industry in a very challenging position from a sustainability perspective. So we are dedicated towards solving that problem. How we're doing it is through a few different avenues. Uh, number one is by being engineers and system and product developers. So we're pushing the envelope in a number of different product categories related to uh, efficient climate control systems because really we're a climate control system supplier and integrator. So on any given project, we may have about 10 to 15 different vendors and we source products from each of those different vendors tie them all together and make them one single and easy to use platform or system for our clients. I think it's important. I mean, that's what people are learning. I, I was uh, on a call recently and they're saying how a lot of people who started with one type of growing or cultivation model are now shifting to a more um, sustainable, more efficient, uh, more environmentally friendly model. And, and that's something that, from a financial standpoint, it makes sense to lower their costs, to make higher profit. But I think that there's a long-term um, vision that a lot of these people are having is what's going to work in the long run, not just what's going to get us into business and make some quick money, but how is this going to affect our bottom line five years from now, 10 years from now as the industry grows? How are we going to stay competitive? How are we going to stay in the business? And I think these are key aspects that, uh, as part of my consulting, that I'm hearing more and more nowadays. Oh, for sure. Not just preparing for competition, also preparing for consolidation. You know, as new investors and potentially uh, bigger and bigger corporations continue to enter the space and acquisitions are taking place, uh, how do you incorporate as the small guy or the craft or the niche uh, cultivator, which a lot of our customers are? 
lot of our customers aren't the guy who's starting a business and starting a business with a 50,000 square foot facility. A lot of our customers are a bit more reasonable with their expectations and they're starting with a, a few thousand square feet or five or 10 or you know maybe 20,000 square feet. But then it's about how do you make that smaller investment as efficient as possible. So as the industry, like you said, more competition enters and consolidation continues to gradually occur. How are they best prepared and how is their facility best prepared to manage that? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be a price war and there's going to be M and a, you know, mergers and acquisitions. There's going to be changes and there's going to be complaints. You know, uh, we talk about even waste management right now becoming more and more of a, of a topic of conversation and what is defined as waste and what can be reused and repurposed. And, and these are all aspects of an emerging and infant industry, as we say, um, you know, coming aboard as cannabis emerges, you know, both domestically and around the world. You know, every every location kind of has their own challenges. Um, for example, one of the projects I'm working on, the the, the location's great. There's water supply, but do we have access to enough power? You know, so how can we offset that power supply? Could we add wind? Can we add solar? What makes sense? Not maybe it won't prop make us more profitable year one, but what will make sense? over the lifetime of our business. And that, that's really what we have to start analyzing is not the short-term, but the long-term effects of our choices and our, our investments. No question, man. You bring up actually two really good points there. Uh, number one, the reuse of waste. Uh, two things that are really detrimental towards climate control for indoor or like a hybrid or even a greenhouse grow facility. Uh, number one is the energy from the sun uh, because that not only adds an additional heat load, to your cultivation grow space, but it also derates your cooling equipment. So your cooling equipment can, is more adequately prepared to cool when it's 80 degrees outside versus when it's 110 degrees outside. So that's one thing that we look to take the energy from the sun and have that power your climate control systems. So your HVAC system isn't overworking on the hottest and sunniest days of the year. So it's taking a waste component being the natural light and the heat from our solar system and converting that into making us more efficient and sustainable. Also on it for colder climates, there's another way of reusing what would, we, what would otherwise be considered waste, which is the waste heat from the facility because the lights are still on when it's zero degrees outside or 20 degrees outside, like it is here in Denver right now. Uh, those lights are still producing a lot of heat. And a lot of times the HVAC system is still running if it was prepared properly. So that waste heat a lot of times will just get evacuated to the environment when there's a bunch of office space and workers space where you can reuse that waste heat. There's systems that allow you to recover that waste heat and allow for heating in other areas of the building that are calling for heating. And then while you're doing that, you're not only getting free heating, you're also getting high efficiency cooling because you take the compressor out of the circuit. So sort of getting into a, a little bit of a rabbit hole on the HVAC side, but your other good point that you just made was around power limitations. And we're seeing this quite a bit, especially in states that have legalized like the Northeast states or the Canadian provinces, uh, natural gas equipment. I know everybody's got their different opinions, but natural gas is abundant in a lot of these same areas. The downside, there's maintenance issues and there's additional labor and upkeep uh, that a lot of growers may not have the budget or the wherewithal for. Uh, however, that's another nice way around power limitations. 
Um, and then there's some, there's so many other cool technologies out there. I could keep going for a while, but I'm sure there's some other things you guys want to talk about here. Well, no, and we're going to take a quick break, but these are great uh, points that you brought up. And I'm glad, you know, this is what I wanted from this conversation that people have to understand that there's a lot that goes in behind the scenes into making this grow, literally, this industry grow, your business grow. So don't go anywhere. We're going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break. We'll keep this conversation going. It's very interesting with Quentin Bright from Easy Roots. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back at this quick break. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living here at Cannabis Radio and iHeartRadio. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the second annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for another can't-miss event. Sponsored by the radio and podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Learn more at usccexpo.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches. Premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com. Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the concierge for better living, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back. You know, this is something that is really important. We talk about climate change. We talk about energy efficiency. We talk about bills. And, and we talk about growing cannabis. And there's so many different things that are affecting here. I have people looking at outdoor growers. Like you mentioned, I have a project in the Northeast. And the weather and the climate and the energy options and the location, all these things play into the business model and what we have to look at. And it does come to your bottom line cost. Like I like that, you know, I found a property that has a spring fed pond. Well, wonderful if I can use some of that water to offset some of my water costs, but maybe I can't, you know, we, I have to do some water testing, but there's a lot of things that we have to, you know, kind of constantly keep evaluating. Um, what, what got you excited? What got you into this space in the first place, Quinn? So I'm an industrial engineer by background. Uh, I'm originally from Alaska. I grew up in a small town called Willow. It's where the Iditarod begins officially. It's about 50 miles south of Denali, the tallest peak in North America. Um, and when I was a youngster, you know, as far as I could remember, up to about age 10, 12, 
we always got a whole bunch of snow where I lived. I mean, just piles of snow. It would bury us in the house sometimes and you couldn't see out the windows or get out the doors. And then it was some point between essentially late elementary school and high school and ever since where the region that I lived in just changed, uh, it changed climate regions. It went from more of a mountainous, heavy snow area to more of a marine climate where you would just get a lot of rain and ice during the winter. So when I went into college, I said, I'm going to go get my engineering degree because I want to get into sustainability and efficiency and help address the climate change problem. And once I graduated uh, from college, I went to school in Arizona, uh, got my industrial engineering degree, bounced around to a few sort of dead-end jobs, and uh, found my way into a, a company that did energy efficient climate control systems uh, for cannabis cultivation. And, you know, cannabis has always been important to me in my personal life and our family. So it was one of my two topics that I felt very strongly about. It was sort of a no brainer from there. It's pretty interesting. I mean, what, what, what hits you firsthand or, um, you know, what relates to you personally, I mean, I've been up to a Denali national park and, uh, had a chance to go through Alaska and then to say you ended up in Arizona, which is I've also lived in Arizona and the Valley, the sun, the different worlds. But I think people sometimes are stuck in their own bubble of what they think is their environment. And I've lived all over the country and traveled all over the place. And it's funny when I travel, sometimes you got to travel. I was like, why do you have so much clothing and so much? Says, one day I'm in Arizona, one day I'm in Chicago. And depending on the weather, you know, I got to be prepared. And the same thing goes to your climate control systems, your growing systems, your agricultural models, and even the types of seeds that people are using uh, don't work in some environments. They work better in other environments. So this is all, you know, that next level going diving deeper into what, you know, our understanding of what's going to produce the most highest quality. Everyone talks about the, the, the triangle, the Emerald Triangle in California, the, the climate there. Um, I, I have, you know, some good relations and we do some work in Jamaica and there's some good property, you know, in certain areas of Jamaica and the climate there. So it's amazing that we have to find this, but it has to adapt and we want consistency. The other part of this whole industry is that it's not just food. It's for many people, it's medicine. And it's something they rely on, and they rely on the supply chain uh, becoming more and more consistent. So when you have these uh, controlled environment systems, when you have these um, uh, considerations to be most efficient in production, they translate at the end to the consumer or the end user as well. And I think that's really important uh, to explain that it's not just about profitability for the grower. It's knowing that that, that, that patient can get that same strain at a, at a, you know, the harvest isn't compromised that they're, you know, that it's something that they have consistently similar product. And that also is a part of this industry that I, I think is people sometimes overestimate or underestimate. They, they, if you're just using a recreational, great, I'll try this, I'll try that. But if you're sick and you have, let's say, a, a seizure disorder and you found the right strain that works to help you out, it's it's very disheartening if, you, if your grower can't maintain their supply and provide that consistently to you. And I think some of these new growing environments are starting to take that into consideration as well. Oh, for sure. It's like you almost have to. How do you expect product consistency without climate consistency? Prior to entering the cannabis cultivation field, I actually worked in food manufacturing and SPC or statistical process control was one of the biggest things that people would talk about. It, but again, food manufacturing is a very mature industry that's had, you know, 50, hundreds of years to, to grow and develop and mature. 
obviously we're not there yet with cannabis, but how do we continue to push SPC into this type of environment? Because you can't expect a, you know, a perfect medicine, a perfectly consistent medicine uh, without having the ability to run perfectly consistent environmental parameters. Definitely. I mean, now again, there are always going to evolve, you know, evolve agriculture. There's regenerative agriculture practices being enhanced now. There's urban, uh, you know, cultivation. You know, uh, more and more city farms type of growing and urban and vertical growing environments, so that food supply chains are made available in, in, in different areas. Um, you know, these are things that are, are going to constantly evolve, and I think that cannabis does as well. I mean, go back to Florida where you see the green oranges going around the trucks and they get them you know truck ripened produce or they get ga- have certain technologies where they gas your tomatoes to make them redder or things of that nature these are there are things that are not always consumer friendly you know in the sense of health benefits but they're more on the commercialization to make products more available and volume and i think that there's always gonna be that balance and you're seeing this already happening in cannabis is lab grown tissue culture or yeast grown cannabinoids the same as you know outdoor sun grown is it the same as indoor greenhouse or you know indoor indoor growing i mean they're all different and i think over the next couple of years we're going to see a lot more comparisons and you know from a nutritional standpoint a cannabinoid standpoint and a effectiveness standpoint um this is something that it's just exciting place to be in and i think that you know having that foundational part of the best environment to grow in, you know, the best efficient way to grow is going to be the most successful long-term. For sure, man. Uh, I mean, very interesting thought that you just shared. And that got me thinking, you know, everybody always mentions big ag, big pharma as like the likely big corporate players to be the first to enter the industry. But uh, listening to this back and forth, I'm kind of thinking, what about big food, big food and beverage, big CPG? I could see that as something that could easily happen too. Oh, I mean, big big food is already eyeing this industry. Big beverage, especially, we've already had Constellation brands and Molson Coors and other brands already looking at this as an opportunity. The question becomes: in once you start getting large, large, large volume production production in place, you're taking the tobacco industry for example. They they know how to do high volume production. I've toured some old tobacco facilities in Kentucky, and my mind was blown away at the size of the the equipment. Not just that they had equipment, but the magnitude of grinders and processors were so huge. It's hard to scope that for the average person that this industry has been there for many many years and this is where the hemp and and specifically industrial hemp industry is 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 looking to go but once you get to that scale does quality go down you know it's like you know people will say that's why you mentioned earlier some of these smaller environments with these craft growers these niche growers these artisan growers they may come into a higher value just because of the quality that's going into them. Some of these craft micro brews and beers, for example, can get a you, get, you pay more money for a six pack of a of a local micro brew or craft beer than you would for a six pack of uh, more of a generic, you know, high end Anheuser Busch or any of those bigger companies. Um, they're six pack. So this will be an interesting economic study over the next couple of years where the consumers want to fall in. You know, some studies in California have shown that. That the that the, the largest sales is in the middle grade product that they don't really want to buy the the, the the cheap stuff the really crappy stuff but most of them aren't really looking to spend on the highest premium grade product they can find so 
we have to find that in the consumer landscape as cannabis uh, market grows in different types of you know commodities and forms and functions. Where is that zone of price point going to play into the to the to the market? Which is really again, these are all aspects that I love to bring up in context, and that's why I encourage people that are listening to send in your questions, send in your comments. Let's have this continuing dialogue. But it's also great to have you, Quentin, on here talking about different aspects of the industry that some people really don't always consider. So um, don't go anywhere because I want to take another last break, come back to this last segment and uh, talk a little bit more about your company and um, a little bit more about sustainability. So this is awesome. I hope everyone else is enjoying this listening. Don't go anywhere. We're here on CanvasRadio.com, iHeartRadio. This is Doc Rob, your concierge for better living. We'll be back right after this quick break. The concierge for better living will continue in a moment. Cannabis industry professionals want to gain some new leads, make genuine business connections, and get premier brand exposure? This is your opportunity. NCIA's new industry socials are kicking off in Seattle, Portland, Las Vegas, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix in January. Register today using the promo code CANNABISRADIO20, all spelled in caps as one word, CANNABISRADIO20, to take 20% off at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Sponsorship opportunities are available. Register today at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network, founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com Let's check back in with Doc Rob and the Concierge for Better Living. Only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, all right. We are back. Wrapping up another awesome episode of Concierge for Better Living. Today, my fabulous guest is Quentin Vite from Easy Roots, talking about sustainability, energy efficiency, and, you know, of course, how this impacts the future of the cannabis industry and market. So, you started as an engineer, you've bounced around, you've been up way up north in the, in the cold in Alaska, down south in Arizona in the heat, and now where is Easy Roots, your company, based out of it, and what are some of the primary things you guys are looking to do as 2019 has just kind of begun? So we have an office in Phoenix, Arizona, and Denver, Colorado. Um, and for 2019, our goal is managing growth, not trying to do too much too fast. Uh, but taking on good projects, good clients, 
focusing on developing new partnerships with folks like yourselves uh, and others in other uh, tangential aspects of the industry. And as we develop those networks uh, slowly but surely and correctly, and we do a good job for a select few clients and we don't try and take on too much too fast, reputation is critical in this world. Uh, we're not the big company who's going to have the big fancy booth at the trade show. We never will be that. We like to be people's cool little secret that they can tell their friends about. Uh, we just want to grow this grow this company solely on reputation through networking, through partnerships, and through good business. That's the 2019 plan at a really high level. I love it, and that's good because you know people. And, and I, you know, I, I'm also an entrepreneur, I'm a visionary, and you get excited. You know, there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of money being thrown around in this industry, but I've also seen a lot of mistakes. And I say that very, you know, genuinely, that I've seen a lot of mistakes, a lot of money being spent, and and then they're up against the wall, their business fails. I mean, I, I, I look at clients, I talk to different companies all the time in this space in different areas, and that's one of the biggest concerns. People are racing to the finish line, and it sounds like you have a good grasp that this is a marathon, not a sprint, that you want to build this up from the foundation, you want to grow organically, and you want to provide, what I love the best, what you said is good service. You know, build that relationship. This is not just about how many people can we sell our, our, our services to, it's what kind of impact can we have in this industry with our, the work that we do. And I love that. That's one of the reasons why I want to have you on the show today and, and, and also, of course, talk about this important area of sustainability. But I think what you said is, is really key for a lot of those entrepreneurs and those looking to get into the cannabis space right now and saying, if you have an idea, be passionate about it, be diligent about it, and be patient with it because it's not necessarily going to be an overnight success. And even those overnight successes – often the next day you wake up with a hangover. So you can't always, you know, it, 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 it's, it seems like everyone is, is just all grinning and smiles here, but when you go deeper in and behind the scenes and you've been in the industry as long as I have and, and as close to the different aspects of the industry, it's not all, you know, good stuff. There's a lot of troubles and a lot of impact and I love that you guys are really focusing on, on the slow and steady model and I think that's going to be your key to success going forward and I wish you that best for sure. Thanks for that feedback, man. Uh, you know, maybe my least favorite uh, fact about being in the industry or observation, I should say, was, you know, really about over 50% of the projects that we've proposed systems for never wind up coming to fruition. There never one plant goes into the facility. And to me, that was just sort of the moment where I kind of said to myself, why? Why does it have to be that way? How can we help make that not be the case for people because ultimately we, we want competition. Competition is a healthy thing for the industry and the marketplace. So the more people that are going out of business before they even get to the point of cultivation to, to us was sort of saddening. So we wanted to get in and save people a bunch of money, help them subvert the normal construction process to avoid costly markups, help them put in the most efficient systems to qualify their expenditure for tax credits, rebates, that kind of thing, man. So you make a good point, and that's one of the reasons we're in it too. That's awesome. So where can people learn more about your company? Give them a website. I mean, we'll have a link, I'm sure, tagged to it when we post this. But where people can find you and uh, learn more about Easy Roots? Absolutely. At a high level, www.easyroots. That's easy spelled out, easyroots.com. Um, or feel free to uh, contact us and speak with a representative. You can email us at sales at easyroots.com. 
That's awesome. Yeah, keep it simple. Um, you know, this is what we're all about here. We're here about educating, empowering, making this a better life for ourselves, for our community, and for the planet. I mean, I keep, you know, everyone keeps talking about grow, 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 and I'm, and I'm all about it. But what are you, what, what waste is going to happen? What inefficiencies are there? Let's keep on working to improve our industry at an early stage, not when it's already deep, 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 you know, embedded into this bad habits. And then we've got to go figure out a way to fix it. Then I always say it's when I deal with patients or clients as a doctor, it's better to catch you early and younger before there's a lot of problems. It's a lot easier to do a little fine tuning, a little bit of tweaking than it is to have to repair the whole thing. And so uh, I think that that's a, a key point. If you're out there looking to learn more about sustainability and growing, if you're part of a group looking to set up a new infrastructure, you know, definitely at least take some time and, and speak to the guys at Easy Roots. They're genuine. They want to help. I know that. And I look forward to speaking to you too, Quinn, on some of my projects as well. Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing some information on our show today. And thank you, everyone listening in, uh, for taking the time and, and becoming more aware and more educated about cannabis and how it plays a role in our society. I really appreciate it all. Um, Quinn, again, all the best to you and yours. Thanks to everyone at the Canvas Radio team, as always, production-wise and marketing-wise and all that you guys do out there. And thanks to all those advocates that are fighting to legalize the plant and make it available. Keep fighting for those processes. Fight for Grow Your Own Rights. Uh, free, free this plant and um, stay tuned for the future episodes. There's a lot more people coming on that have a lot of great conversations. Uh, this is just another wonderful day out there. I hope you have the best one uh, you know if not today make today better than yesterday and tomorrow better than today this is doc rob your concierge for better living wishing everyone out there all the best in helping out opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.